We're going to jump into today's message. We're in a series entitled Beyond. And in a moment, we're going to look together to Romans chapter 12. And here we are in a brand new year, and we're talking about this idea of imagine what it would be for God to take us beyond where we currently are. And how many of you know your thoughts are one of the keys that need to begin to change if you want to go beyond where you've been? So we're going to talk about thoughts over the next number of minutes. And I think this fits well because here we are, it's right on the heels of New Year's Eve. No doubt many of us, we took some time to make some resolutions, some goals, some plans, some strategies. And why is it that often we can make all the resolutions, but they fall flat within a number of weeks? I think it's because at times we focus more on what we're going to do instead of changing how we think. If we want to see those things actually come to pass, it's not just a matter of changing what we do. It's actually, it's got to get down to the level of changing what we think. Amber and I, we were talking a number of weeks ago, and I told her, this year, I'm going to make it my goal to exercise at least three times a week. That means between today and tomorrow, I need to exercise three times. <laughs> Stop judging me. I had a busy week, right? I haven't even done it yet. And, and it's interesting, I'm so focused at times on what I need to do instead of actually changing how I think. Our thoughts are so incredibly important. And as we think about this, here's the question that I want you to consider. Is there an area of your thoughts that God desires to transform in 2019? Is there something in your thinking that needs to shift in order for you to end up somewhere different in 2019 than where you ended up in 2018? I'd like to look together in Romans chapter 12. The Apostle Paul says this, starting in verse 1. He says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Now let me pause there for a moment. Another translation, the first word that it uses is therefore, in view of God's mercy. Here it says, and so, in other words, what, what Paul is saying, in light of everything that I've already discussed in chapters 1 through 11, now pivot and embrace this next truth. And what is found in chapters 1 through 11 of Romans is one of Paul's most detailed expositions of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done for us and who he is. And so what Paul is reminding the church here is in light of everything of who Jesus is and all that he's accomplished for us, here's what I want you to understand. To offer not just your time, not just some energy, not even money, but no, offer your body, your whole self. How many know it's one thing to give God stuff, it's another thing to give God all of you. And that's what Paul says we should do. He says that we should offer our whole body, and what's the motivation for that? In light of all God has already done for us. In other words, our motivation is his mercy. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. By the way, before we ever took a step, in his direction. It goes on. 
He says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, verse two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I mean, you know, there's a lot of customs, there's a lot of patterns, there's a lot of forms that the world takes on. And Paul is reminding these Jesus followers, don't copy what you see there. Instead, let God transform you. Can you say transform? In other words, take on a different form. The Greek word here is where we get our idea of metamorphosis. So you think about a caterpillar who finds itself in a cocoon. Does it crawl out of the cocoon as just a better looking caterpillar? No, comes out as a butterfly eventually, right? Take on a different form, be transformed. In other words, when we encounter Jesus, it's not that we just become a better version of our old self. No, God desires to make you and I a new creation as we trust Jesus. We're called to be transformed into a new person. And here's the way that God does it, by changing the way you think. You want to be transformed in this year? You want your marriage to be transformed? You want your career? You want your desires to be transformed? It's going to start not just with your activity. It's going to start with your thinking. Let God transform you into a new person by the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I don't know about you, but I think about the year in front of me, and I want this year to be different than the year behind me. I want God to continue to refine me and shape me to look more like Jesus. But that's not going to start with just me creating a to-do list. Because in order for me to see that change in my life, i got to allow God to get down to the level of my thinking. And here's why. The direction of my life is connected to the direction of my thoughts. The direction of my life, it's literally, it's connected, it's tied in to the direction of my thoughts. If you think about it, maybe you've had a season of your life that felt pretty negative. You felt like everything was bleak all around you. Well, my guess is if you could peel back and step back where your thinking was, your thinking was probably also connected to that negativity at some level. Another way to say this, our thoughts are a lot like railroad tracks. They're taking us somewhere, aren't they? You see, that train, as it's running down the tracks, it's going to conform to whatever direction. It's going to transform to whatever direction those tracks take it. And it's the same with you and I as it relates to our thoughts. In fact, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says this in one of her books. I've read a couple of her books on thinking. She's a Jesus person. She makes this statement, your thinking becomes your thoughts. And your thoughts become your actions, and your actions become your future. Isn't that the truth? You ever had a thought, and all of a sudden that thought begins to consume your thinking? And all of a sudden that that thinking, all of a sudden you find yourself taking action toward it? And all of a sudden that action, it ends up bringing you to the very place that that initial thought ends up. You see, some of us, you, we, we've made a decision, okay, I'm not going to eat like that anymore. And then we wake up and the first thing in our mind 
is that one food that we said was off limits. So uh, a number of months ago, uh, my wife told me that we were going to eat more plant-based. And I just, I looked at her and smiled. Uh, Okay. And so uh, we we became what I would call myself vegan-ish. So I'm vegan as long as I'm not eating bacon, meat, dairy, you know, things like that. Vegan-ish. And I remember, no, I I need to stay focused. And then I I took my daughter to get a little ice cream cone at, at McDonald's. And I noticed on their billboard, they created this triple decker egg McMuffin. Come on, somebody. I I knew the spirit was here today. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, my mind goes from, it kind of looks plant-based, to now I'm I'm thinking more and more of, man, that looks, I, I should probably at least just check it out. So thought to thinking, I'm already in the drive-thru. They just took the order for the ice cream cone. Somebody's got to consume these calories, right? Thought, thinking, action, all of a sudden, boom, what was a thought became a future, became a reality for me. How many of us, we can find ourselves, we identify with that, where our thoughts go, our lives go. And yet the truth is, friends, God has provided you and I resources. When it comes to transforming how we think, we really only have one of two options. We can trust in ourselves, in our own ability, our own self-determination. But listen, once you're already in the drive-thru, it's hard to undo it. Self-discipline will only take you so far when it comes to your thinking. It's a lot like this lamp. You see, when we focus on what we can do, okay, this year I'm going I'm to think different. I'm going to think different about my marriage. I'm going to think different about my finances. I'm going to think different about my health because I want to go to a different place. But all we're relying on is our own self-discipline. The problem with that is this lamp only has what it has by itself. See, what does this lamp need? This lamp needs a source beyond itself to actually bring about change. Just like you and I, if we want to see our thoughts transformed, we need something bigger than our thoughts. We need something bigger than our own self-discipline, our own self-determination. And see, everything changes for this lamp when what? You get a resource. You get a resource and you plug it in. See, now there's a change that happens. Why? Because it tapped into the right thing. And we could leave this place and get all charged up and say, yeah, I'm going to change how I think. And then all of a sudden, that triple-decker Egg McMuffin is calling our name again. We need something bigger than ourselves, don't we? Here's the good news. God has provided us a couple of resources. The first is this, Scripture. Scripture. See, this right here, There's been a lot of things that have changed my life, but this right here has transformed my life. See, there was a lot of years where I thought, okay, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna read scripture, but you know, as time goes on, what I begin to realize is I'm not just reading scripture, scripture's reading me. 
You ever had that moment where you're reading something and you're like, how did it know? (laughs) What's that all about? Well, it's because you're plugging into something. God is revealing something. You see, the more time you spend in Scripture seeing who Jesus is, understanding what Jesus loves and what he's passionate about, it becomes like a mirror and it reveals some things that you didn't even know were there in your life, in your mind, in your attitude, in your heart. That's why Scripture, when it's describing itself in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says that the word of God is what? alive and powerful. Have you ever read the same passage multiple times and you saw something new in it? How does it do that? It's it's because it's living. It's active. It's powerful. It says that the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Listen to this. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. See, this is why you getting into scripture for yourself is so important. Every single week we'll we'll teach from scripture, but it's not enough just for somebody else to kind of throw it at you. You need to get between you and God yourself and allow that sharp sword to begin to pierce some of those thoughts that need to be transformed in your heart, begin to be transformed in your mind, begin to be changed in how you think, how you see Because here's the challenge, there's times where we believe lies, don't we? And yet when I come back to the truth of scripture, it exposes those lies, it reveals those lies. So God has given us this resource called scripture to plug into, but guess what else he's given us as a resource? He's he's given us his, his spirit. He's given us his spirit. See, when you think about the battle in your mind, the battle between your ears that so often happens and so it takes up so much energy, the fight isn't even fair when you think about it because Jesus has given us his spirit to dwell within us. In fact, in John chapter 14, he's, he's talking to some of his disciples and he says this about the gift of the spirit. He says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate. Did you know Jesus is our first advocate? He's the first one who stood on our behalf and he's saying, listen, I'm gonna send you another advocate who's going to do in my absence what I've done for you in your presence. He says, and he will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. Can you say with you? And later will be in you. Can you say in you? So here's this incredible promise that Jesus makes. Not only can we plug into the truth of scripture and see it begin to transform our lives, but we have the full resources of God's spirit living in us. So that means when you begin to believe this lie that you're not valuable to God, all of a sudden the voice of the Spirit begins to rise up and says, no, no, if you want to know your value, all you got to look at is is at the price that was paid for you by Jesus. You're valuable to God. When you begin to convince yourself that you can't do the assignment that's in front of you, well, you just got to remind yourself, you may not be able to, but God is able to. So we've got to tie into these resources. And here's what these resources give us. As we plug our lives in to Scripture 
and to the reminder, the reality of the spirit living within us, did you know that it provides us with a couple of important things? The first, it provides us with a good defense. Can you say defense? Isn't a good defense nice? Everybody just take a moment. Let's pray. A good defense is nice, especially on third down. Okay? But when we plug our lives in to the source of Scripture and to the source of the Spirit, here's what God gives us. An incredible defense against wrong thinking. So those moments where we begin to believe this lie, no, my my marriage is not going to make it, it's it's all falling apart, all of a sudden truth comes in and we can tackle that thought. I mean, I want you to think about a, a massive linebacker laying the hit on every wrong thought that begins to rise up in your life. God has given you a defense. But what do we do? Many of us, we live like we don't have a defense. So here's here's what we're going to do. Everybody close your eyes for a moment. I want you to not think about an apple. Don't think about an apple. Don't think about a beautiful, cool, crisp, Fuji apple biting into it, the sweetness of it. Everybody open your eyes. How many know that the moment I said apple, all of our brains went there? Because if we're just relying on our own self-discipline, it's not enough. But God provides us an ability to take thoughts captive, to, to play defense with these thoughts. In fact, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 says this. It says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to what? Obey Christ. That means in the moments where you hear that whisper and say, you're never going to be good enough as a parent. You take that and you you grab a hold of that and say, no, that is not what Jesus says about me. And how how do I walk in that defense? Because I'm tapped into scripture and the spirit of Jesus living in my life. But not only do we have a good defense, guess what God also provides? A really good offense. A great offense. Because in life, it's important to remember, it's not enough just to run away from something. You have to run to something. And so we can't just spend our lives and spend our days trying to run from thoughts. We have to pursue the right thoughts. God has given us a great offensive strategy when it comes to our thinking. One of the scriptures, I'd love for you to add this as kind of your offensive playbook for this year, Colossians chapter 3. It says that since we've been raised to new life, With Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not just the things of earth. Notice that it says, think about the things that are above, not just below. It doesn't just say, set your attention on your Facebook news feed. Because how many know the more you do that, the more that's where your life, your emotions, your energies is going to go. But scripture says, no, here's the offensive playbook. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Another scripture, and I love this one, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It gives us a map 
a strategy to think, to set our mind on. And it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix. Can you say fix? I want you to think about the first time you put a car into cruise control. You set that button, and what does it do? It just, it stays on that speed. And with the same determination, Scripture calls us to fix our thoughts on some things. Look, it says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Anybody else ever believed a lie? God must not love me anymore. Last month was kind of rough, so... I mean, I've been there. This is the world that I live into. We're all learning to follow Jesus here. And yet, Scripture says, fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. It says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of what? Praise. Think about those things. Fix your attention. Put it on cruise control. Lock it in. Why? Because where your thoughts are headed, your life is headed right behind it. And if we want to experience this new form that God wants to bring us into, if we want to go beyond where we were in 2018, we have to allow Jesus to begin to transform our life. We have to take on a different form. And Scripture says right there in Romans 12, How do we do this? By changing the way we think. See, if I can get my thoughts right, if I can get my thoughts in alignment with what Scripture says about who I am, if I can get my thoughts in alignment with what the Spirit is trying to remind me about who Jesus is and the work that he's done for me, all of a sudden those thoughts begin to lead to actually my thought process. And that thought process begins to transform how I act. And when my action is changed, guess what? It begins to alter my future. If you want 2019 to be new, allow God to begin to change the way you think. Can I invite you to bow your heads with me this morning? One of the reasons why I'm so excited about this 21 days of prayer and fasting is because it it's going to create an environment for some of us to begin to walk out this idea of God transforming the way we think. We're going to take intentional time every single day to set our mind on Jesus, to focus on him, to look towards him. But today, I want to give an opportunity for those of us who are in the room or maybe we're watching online. And we would say that even though the new year kind of turned the page in the calendar, we so desire within us an opportunity for a fresh start. We want to be new. I want to remind us that you can try with all of your effort to try to make yourself new, but the only way you experience new life is by putting your trust in Jesus. And each and every one of us, we have an opportunity to receive that gift today. It's God's greatest gift, which is salvation. Salvation, by putting our trust in who Jesus is. So today, all across this room with heads bowed, if that's you and you'd say, today, God, I desire a new start. I want to be forgiven. I I want 2019 to be different. I want to put my trust in Jesus today. I want to know that my sin is forgiven and that I have a new standing. If that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment, say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Would you pray for me today? Yeah, thank you. 
Others would say, yeah, that's me, thank you, thank you. In the balcony would say, yeah, that's me, that's me, yeah, thank you. Can we pray this prayer out loud together as the church and agree with those who are making this decision today? Would you repeat after me, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Would you forgive me of my sin? Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every single day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we celebrate all those who made that decision today?